Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to this week's episode of this week's episode. It is the week of December 23rd. This is episode 243, and I am your host, Evan Goldstein. With me, as always, is the Yule Log that never goes out, Chris Randazzo. Did I just punch the Krampus? <laughs> the hooiest who in Whoville, Karen Randazzo. Well, happy birthday, Jesus. Sorry your party's so lame. <laughs> and the jingle in my bells, Angie Fernot. You fudging touch me again, I'll fudging kill you. We're here on this week's episode, Talk Television. Seeing as it is December 23rd, we are doing a very special Christmas episode. Um, It's going to be a little different than normal because this is usually our news week. But seeing as we are so close to the holidays, um, there's been some really entertaining Christmas stuff that's come out. Uh, We're going to talk about the current stuff, and then for the second half of the show, we're going to talk about our favorite episodes from Television Gone Past. But before we get into that, here's your weekly reminder that you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com. Just remember to put this week's episode in the subject line and tell us what you want. I mean, we'll watch just about anything. By previous episodes, you can tell... We will watch just about anything. Yeah. So I mean, if we watch Danger Five. Danger Five. What was that baby that baby doll show that I made us watch? Oh God. So the point of this story is: tell us what you want, what you yeah. really, really want. We will watch anything. Just let us know. So, hey, gang. Hey. Hi. It's Christmas time. Christmas time is here. <laughs> Hope you're all enjoying your, you know, enjoying this podcast from the safety and comfort of your own holiday quarantines that your we're own, all your own holiday having bunker. to impose once again. Yeah, y'all up north are, are um, in lockdown again, right? Like pseudo lockdown. Mm-hmm. No, but like schools are closing left and right. Things are being canceled left and right. It's fucking bullshit. I mean, it's it's legitimate that we should be closing. It's bullshit that we have to still be here. (laughs) It's it's bullshit that we are should be legitimately closing again. I get it. Yeah, it's just won't go away. And they're not, and the the variants are not coming out in alphabetical order. I I I feel that's what we should start doing. Like you know what they do with like tropical storms. And, and and hurricanes like that just give them names in alphabetical order so that we yeah but I thought they based the names on where they originate did it, did this variant come from the planet where transformers come from wait right that's that's no the, no that's not that's not the right planet I thought they were based on that's the Cybertron Greek oh sorry I was. <laughs> I don't know what I'm Wait, saying anymore. I don't really want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> I Anywho. think they're, it's, it's, they're Greek letters, aren't they? They are Greek letters. Uh, okay. Yeah, this yeah. is Obacra- the 15th what? one. So, oh. 
Where's Omicron? <laughs> you know what's well, really cool? Is... The Greeks. <laughs> Moving on. Delta's, Delta's nowhere in... Is Delta before Omicron? What's between Delta and Omicron, right? Wasn't Delta the last one? Yeah. I don't understand the Greek alphabet at all. It's all <laughs> Greek to me. <laughs> oh, I... There it is. And now we can move on. Okay. <laughs> Thank so, you. So, guys, what have you been watching currently this week? Stuff now. Kids. TV. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Did I take one for the team, y'all? Why? I don't believe you. <laughs> She's been playing hockey. You will. I have not been playing hockey. You know I don't. Um, I sat down and subjected myself to the first two episodes of the HBO Sex in the City reboot Hey-o. sequel, whatever, and just like that. See, this and is why I don't like believe that, you. Come on. It's got to be the best TV you've ever seen. Holy shit, guys. <laughs> Quality, Don't get me wrong. I was a fan of Sex in the City back in the day. I had I actually still have all the seasons on DVD, though I have not returned to them in a, quite a while. Mm-hmm. I suspect they probably have not aged well, given the subject matter and like how far we've come as a society since that show was on originally. Um, and this is like stuck back where the show was, oh. like in terms of like sort of mindset of the people creating it really um it's very like proud of itself like oh oh, aren't we clever Ah." um it's like the characters haven't really changed at all they got rid of so kim cattrall didn't come back as samantha because she has the sense that god gave a walnut and you know that's all you need to know to stay far far away from this thing okay and uh, so the as a result they the wrote show. her off like she has her career in london now and like she basically ghosted the other three women and isn't really friends with them anymore and they're all pissed about it oh um which is you know great writing whatever. guys great writing <laughs> So they shit talking her while she's not on the yeah. show. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Damn. Um, not exactly like saying bad things about her. Just like, oh, you know, I don't know. She can't sit with us. I love this already. This is amazing. So um, I sh- almost want to watch this now. The other three haven't really changed at all. Um, so Charlotte is has her two kids and is still like trying to be perfect in every way and trying to force her kids to be perfect and be people who in one case they are very much not um for like just you know to be the perfect family or whatever um miranda is pursuing um some kind of post-grad degree to be like a human rights lawyer um which is consistent i think with okay Wait, it, it, the girl that was the lawyer originally? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So she, she's she been in corporate law this whole time. And the one little detail they worked in, which I really liked, is they said that, you know, she saw when the Muslim ban happened, she saw, like, lawyers on TV going to the airport to try and help people. And she jumped in a cab and became one of those lawyers. And so that's why she's pursuing this uh, post-grad degree so she can become a human rights lawyer. Okay. I actually like um, that, though. Cool. It's great. It's a great 
um, story point for her. However, she's like, there's a whole bunch of shit about like, she's an old lady going back to school and all her like classmates are these 20 somethings and she's not cool enough. And then the professor is a black lady and she has like all these like awkward racial moments with her. And then like (sighs) tries to, the the professor gets like questioned by security because she can't find her ID and Miranda comes over and has this like white savior moment. And it's like, it's so cringeworthy. It's so awkward. It's it's hard to watch. And from my recollection of this character, she would know better than to behave the way she behaves in these episodes. Cool. And then Great. there's Carrie. And Carrie is now happily married to Big and living in New York. And um, she's on a podcast about sex. <laughs> Oh, I bet she's getting paid well for it, too. Right. <laughs> well, she's married to Big, so it really doesn't matter what I, she's getting paid. I suppose paid. that's a solid Their point Their apartment there. is like... I mean, in the, in the series, Carrie's single-girl apartment was completely absurd, had more closet space than you would ever see in any New York apartment that wasn't on Park Avenue. It had more apartment or more closet space than some actual houses. Like- exactly. At least now that she's living with Big, like their ridiculous apartment makes sense. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Brings it into reality. So she, I get you. She's on a podcast with like, about sex with like this raunchy stand-up comedian guy, and then this uh, non-binary person Why? who's like, you know, bringing the modern perspective or whatever. And they like they have scenes of her doing this podcast, and Carrie is like very timid about sex and not wanting to like discuss details or whatever like and she's basically at risk of not um you know being fired from the podcast because she's not engaging enough with like the kind of um she's not doing her job explicit content she's not doing her job and she even the 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 host of the show the non-binary host is like you're you were a you know pioneer in this industry of writing about sex in the late 90s early thoughts like you have to talk about these things or you know you're what are you doing here and it they're it's weird because they address it but then (laughs) she finds it to be a problem she's like i don't like it i don't want to you know that's not my thing like but it is your thing that was your that that was your whole thing the whole time like the original show was so cutting edge because it talked about sex in ways that like no show had ever talked about before from a women's perspective so just like it it hurts my brain and then at the first end of the first episode they killed big what they killed him they killed him which actually ended up being a good thing because the whole episode they're together and they're married, and they're in their apartment together, and they're happy. And it was the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. I'm like, this is not Carrie Bradshaw. Carrie Bradshaw's constantly in conflict with her partner. She can't be happily married. This is weird. Um, and he ends up, like, having a heart attack after a particularly enthusiastic uh, Peloton workout. Oh. And that's like she's not is, what I thought you were gonna say. Yeah, I know. Same. <laughs> <laughs> she's out for the evening, and she comes home like 
after he's collapsed, but before he dies, and she doesn't call anyone one or anything. She just has this like God. sobbing on the floor moment with him, and then he dies in her arms. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, big spoiler warnings, by the way, for this, all of this. But um, I have a, a question for you. I sure. I just started looking up like the the cast Did, and uh-huh. Chris North. No, 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 no. That's that's big, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you see what's been going on in the past twelve hours? Yeah, yep. he's had a bunch of accusations leveled at him, but uh, last I saw, he had denied all of them, and some people around him also denied them as well. But I don't know. That's yeah, that's that's, that's hullabaloo. That, that that that. I mean, it's just odd timing that you know, episode one, they he's not on the show anymore unless they do odd flashbacks or you know ghostly apparitions which i do not think they're going to do and... hey man with what she said so far anything's possible <laughs> i mean yeah i it certainly is possible but i just think story regardless of what is actually true about whatever he did or didn't do mm-hmm. um story-wise it doesn't make sense to have big around and hopefully i'm not gonna keep watching this show but hopefully his death is what brings her out of her like i don't like to talk about sex thing like and get real on this podcast because that's the only thing that makes sense to me the second episode is like almost entirely about big and his funeral and everybody's grief about big like this is great this is a show that is supposed to be about this group of women and right out of the gate the second episode is what is about what a man, a white man, and like his effect a on everyone's lives. <laughs> a dead, dead old white man. Sorry, Chris Noth. He he does look like he definitely look looks his age. Not that he's old, but he looks his age. He he looks of an age that you would believe he would have died relatively young from heart attack. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's nonsense. It, I mean, it's nice to kind of see some of the characters and things, but, oh, it was really rough. (laughs) It was really hard to watch. Um, they should have, I mean, they shouldn't have even done any of that. They should have not made this show. They should have stopped after the first movie. And then the second movie was terrible, and now this is also terrible. And I don't know who it's for, and I don't know what's going on, but don't watch it. <laughs> there, I saved you the trouble. It's a thing. It's if you out were there. Thinking, save like, yourself from it. <laughs> I'm, I have some time coming up of the holidays, and I have time off, and I used to love that show. Maybe let me check it out. Maybe don't. Just maybe, <laughs> maybe like play Yahtzee with your family or something. Just don't. <laughs> anything but watching that show nice wow yeah. that's rough thanks no, for uh, thanks thank for you. taking thanks one for, for the we, team yeah appreciate that Karen. you're welcome <laughs> um and that's i mean i wasn't in much it. danger of watching it i'm not i'm not gonna lie but, but <laughs> i <we> appreciate you. <laughs> um that's about it for me other than chris what chris and i have been watching which really is just hawkeye yeah I don't know if we want to talk about Hawkeye. Yeah, we do. Why not? All, all day, every day. Why not? There's a spoiler warning at the beginning of this oh show. God. So into this show. So were there it's... squeeze in your household as well when that fuzzy picture showed up? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, there were. Very, um, very much. I yes. guess we'll throw out an extra spoiler warning for Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, um, no, why? Well, then we won't. <laughs> yeah. Because you guys haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. And I'm not, I, I don't know about... I know I don't care, but I don't know about Angela. So. There, there, there's just... There's... Immediately after I saw Kingpin, I said... I need to see Matt Murdock in the Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, yeah that, I won't say anything about what I actually saw in the Spider-Man movie, but yeah. that was my immediate reaction was like, holy shit, we got to go see this movie and Matt Murdock better fucking be in it. Oh, uh, I, I had seen, uh, like, I don't even want to call it a spoiler because it was, I guess it is because of, it was a, a still of some sort with the family. Yeah. It was together. a speculation. Yeah. And they've been speculating all over the place with this fucking, putting every Marvel person ever on screen in this movie, so. <sighs> I will not confirm or deny, but. Um, Listen, I'm not But yeah, we definitely do. squeed when we saw the picture. Oh, for, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think I said on the show where I kind of lost it where they, you know, they, they first mention uh, the big guy. him, more or less, the big guy. And like he pinches her cheek, mm-hmm. and I was like, "That's Vincent D'Onofrio," and and like I rewound it and everything, and I was like, "It's <laughs> totally him." That's his. Oh knuckle. my god! <laughs> Meanwhile, I had like looked down at my cross stitch p- pattern for a second and missed it, and I'm like, "What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, I feel that. <laughs> I was I was beyond stoked. So like when they officially confirmed it was him, I was like, "Yes, yes." Also, I mean, Yelena, it was just oh my fantastic. God. <laughs> I love the casual so meal with Yelena. That should be in every Marvel movie from now on. Just at least one Marvel character sitting with Yelena down, just having whether it be mac and cheese, pizza, just something. Tacos. Tacos. Yeah, that was, I... uh, really. Uh, even minus the kingpin thing, which is like, all right, come on, g- give me what you got. Uh, like, I, I want confirmation that the Netflix shows are officially part of the MCU. Uh, or whatever. I just want to know what they're doing. I want. I want answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you got them. Even if you take that. Even if you take that. We don't have them yet. Apparently, we will know uh, what exactly all this means this week. There was a. I can't. I don't even know where to look for it now. But there was an interview that said that. Um, it was like an interview with Feige or whatever that said that this weeks the finale of daredevil uh, not, not daredevil the finale of a uh, <laughs> hawkeye uh should give us an, the answers that we're looking for as far as like okay are these new iterations of these uh, of kingpin like is this a new version of kingpin just played by vincent d'onofrio or are the netflix shows canon or like or are they variants or something like that since the multiverse is very gotcha. much a thing that exists in the world of the mcu now so Apparently, we're going to find out just how that works this week. I'm kind of hoping it is like, yeah, those Netflix shows are, they all happen. And I don't think there's anything in them that directly contradicts things in the MCU. I I know at the time there were, because of when they were released, it was like, well, if they happen now as things are going, then they don't include the snap. Like they, they talk about the Battle of New York, but they don't work within the current timeline. But right since you know movies and things have happened now that don't always happen when they released in theaters it's like okay well you could fit these things here and they don't really cause any problems so Uh, was there any sort of and i'm not asking for the answer but there was no answer given with spider-man 
No. Okay. Interesting. But I do recommend if you are able to go see Spider-Man that you do so because it is a fucking great flick. Yeah, it's a really good time. <laughs> it's 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 a I'm I I feel like a lot of its praise is being overblown because of certain nostalgic connections. Okay. But um I uh, it's also really really fun and really cool and just really awesome i i really liked it i I can't wait to see it again uh and it was uh it was so very well done and better it handled a lot of the things that it handled better than i expected it to um good i don't i don't want to spoil anything more like i really do i want to start talking about it and be like ah and then the things and i wonder how these things (laughs) thinged but i'm gonna have a whole podcast about that tomorrow so Spoiler cast coming soon to Geek It. So I am thoroughly enjoying like the introduction to old man Hawkeye. Like I I don't know why seeing him weary and like really human relatable. But like just just like it it's fantastic. He is doing such a good job with this part. And so is um What's her name? Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. I don't know what her actor's uh, name Seinfeld. Haley. Haley Seinfeld. Haley something or other. Steinfeld. Steinfeld. Yeah, she is like, she is a delight on the screen. Their chemistry is fantastic. It yeah. It really, truly is. So. Um, <laughs> okay. But I just want to say her chemistry with all things, or I guess her acting in general, is just fantastic. Yeah. Because. Uh, so you're the one who's been watching a lot of Dickinson? Right. Well, uh, we both have, like. <laughs> We enjoy the shit out of that show. I love that show so much. I I, can't, I don't even remember why we stopped watching it. Like, because we liked the first episode. Yeah, it we? was just a distraction thing. It's not an intentional decision. Also, I don't want to get off of the hop, Hawkeye subject. I just had to say, like, yeah, she's just phenomenal. Like in general, as an actress, I just really enjoy her. That is all. And Pizza Dog is phenomenal. It's great. Yeah, I love uh, the Hawkeye show is just great. I mean, everything about the storytelling and like, I, I don't know what it is, but we had we were reflecting on this versus the other shows that we've watched, and I I genuinely feel that this is my favorite one. I like it more than WandaVision. I like it more than Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like of the recent releases of television shows that have been coming out for this, what is it? Yeah, but what is the? Uh, what do they call them? It's like stage stages or whatever. Oh yeah, phase four phases. Phase, there phase we go. Four. That's the word. Holy crap, brain, get it together. Um, yeah, it's like nine MCU things this year. Yeah, wait, shows. Well, movies uh, and television. Shows. No, I just meant shows. Like just for the shows in this phase. Like just just comparatively been five shows and four movies. Yeah. Okay. So all of the shows. <laughs> Came out this year. Like, WandaVision was January. Was it January? Falcon Winter Soldier mm-hmm. was March. Loki was June. What if was August? Hawkeye is now. And then Black Widow was July. Shang-Chi was September. Eternals was also November. And Spider-Man is now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought, I, lo- I like, I really liked Loki too. Don't get me wrong. Like, there's the. They've um, all been great. Just yeah. varying degrees of great. Yeah. And this, this one is for me winning. And I, I might be a little biased because I also am very much into the whole concept of 
archery and you know non-superpower badasses but overall like it's also just the way that the storytelling is done and, and again their chemistry is just fantastic like i don't know i'm just I'm really, so, really enjoying this i don't know if you guys have seen the stuff that's going on uh, like in the you know the the rumor verse uh if you will but in the comic verse hawkeye hawkeye's wife was a comic character okay and i feel that they are leading down the path do does anybody have any idea what i'm talking about because if it's yes they've about- been talking about we watch the uh nerdist easter egg videos after each episode is released and they've been talking about it a lot on there okay their their current guess is that she is a mockingbird yes what's a mockingbird well, it's a shield version of a black, black widow. widow. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I just wanted it explained for anyone who didn't and know. And it she like there was a character called Mockingbird, like that was her title, and then they retconned it in the comic book world to make it so that it was more like the Black Widows. Um but, they already did a Mockingbird on Agents of Shield, but Agents of Shield has right. already been established to be non-canon within the MCU. So that's that's and maybe this is why. Say that again. I said maybe that's why. Maybe oh. <laughs> maybe they made Shield not canon because they want to use Mockingbird. Yeah, I mean, but still, they're opening up the multiverse. They can do whatever the fuck they want. And you know what? Yeah, I mean, they clearly, clearly do whatever Shield they want. is like close to canon. It's canon adjacent. <laughs> like the snap happened. <laughs> Thanos happened. Not the snap didn't really happen. Thanos happened. The Battle for New York happened. The direct. You know, fall of Shield with with uh, with Hydra happened like it was right there with the MCU until it wasn't right, and that was just because of the way the studios worked, and that's not how they do TV shows anymore. So it is unfortunate that it is not not canon. There is a little bit of a confusion with Agent Carter, but uh, I was just going to ask about that. So like Agent Carter totally fits within canon, mm-hmm. except there's a one shot of Agent Carter that what if pulled from and that is the one that's like that's available right now on disney plus but that that one shot contradicts the show does it yeah because that one has like her working for bradley whitford like i think the way i read it is like if you watch that one as like a weird non-canon epilogue to the series it almost works but it just really doesn't but they brought bradley whitford's character from that one shot into what if and that doesn't really jive with the rest of that show however the character the actor who played jarvis reprised his role as jarvis in uh what was it endgame Mm -hmm. so i feel like that supersedes what if so (laughs) interesting and that was those one shots that you were telling me about right yeah, okay. yeah. So so Evan got me these Marvel one-shots because I was doing this after we watched Spider-Man and what we've been watching with Kingpin. I'd be like, all right, so where really does... If I'm going to do another MCU rewatch, I want to watch all the shows too. Where where do these Netflix shows actually fit in? And I you know found a couple of different guides online and based on what I remembered of them, I tried to fit them in and one of the guides was mentioning all of the one-shots. And I was like, ah, oh, I forgot about those stupid things. And like... They're kind of cute. Like, the All Hail the King is the only one that really matters. That I, one the, is, I think that's the only one I haven't seen. 
th- that one's that one's awesome. It's way longer than the other ones, and it actually matters. Okay. It's like everyone should watch that before you watch Shang Chi. It's like a prequel to Shang Chi, basically. So for those that don't understand it, there, like way in the beginning, Marvel when the the movies were coming out, Marvel started doing these little offshoots of what happens in between the movies, and the most. The, the two most well-known ones was the consultant and um, what is it? Funny thing happened on a way to Thor's hammer, which was literally yeah. Coulson going from point A to point B and what happened. Yeah. In that one's so pointless that like, yeah, sure. It doesn't, you know, contradict anything in the MCU, but it's like Coulson stops a robbery at a, at, at a, a like, quick gas art. station <laughs> and that's it. Yep. I was like waiting for something to happen, but it's like, oh wow, I never need to watch this again. This is completely and utterly pointless. the The consultant one's neat because it uh, gives some context to uh, Tony Stark talking to General Ross at the end of Incredible Hulk, which is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. It's again, it's not necessary by any means, but it it gives some interesting context in like. So if you watch that ending scene in uh at and hulk you're like all right so i guess you just had kind of have to guess that the whole thing with stark and him fell through by the time the next movie comes out because like you don't see hulk as part of like this avengers initiative until avengers happens and it just kind of doesn't make sense that tony stark would be the one to go and recruit and then the way the consultant works is like we have to find someone who's going to blow this because we don't want him to actually do this <laughs> so they sent stark knowing that he would piss ross off and make him no matter what stark proposed ross would do the opposite and that worked so that was kind of that was pretty funny um, well thought out well played the other one is the one where you just got some criminals trying to steal alien tech after the battle for new york and that one's fine uh the agent carter one which like, kind of works as like a a pre-pilot for Agent Carter, except it doesn't work with Bradley Woodford's character. Uh, and then you have the All Hail the King, which is, you know, what happened to Trevor Slattery after Iron Man 3. And like, Sir this ben this Kingsley. happened right after Iron Man 3, where like everyone was pissed off, like, oh, they did the Mandarin so dirty. And then like, they did this bit immediately afterwards. In, and like, it was too quick to be a like a response to the fan outcry it was just like this was the plan (laughs) so the follow-up is like trevor slattery's in jail and then he gets contacted by the real mandarin (laughs) and that's kind of where it ends like oh you think this is funny (laughs) because it's not and that's 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 kind of where that ends and shang chi pays off on that which is fantastic all these years later because iron man 3 was a while ago yeah but anyway, I that, that's that's what the deal with those one shots were. And super fun, and I'm I'm looking forward to uh, maybe sometime in the not too distant future trying to blow through an entire uh, MCU rewatch. This time with because we did it like what last year, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. It was but, last year, so it was, it was yeah. a pandemic comfort. Yeah, it's a it's a little it's a little close this close. I'd probably wait a little bit longer, so, but to so incorporate how many the hours TV are we shows talking again. Now? Like oh god, <sighs> I don't know, man. It's uh we should dozens. we should we should actually actively work at making a supercut where we take the the end credit scenes out, put them proper order in the where they fit with other movies. Oof. You just signed yourself up for make that. Making a 30-hour single <laughs> video file. I'm I me- I messed with things a bunch on like where I think things should be, especially right in the beginning cuz mm-hmm. like that I I have this I have this thought that Captain America should be the second movie. 
right? I know it effectively leads to event leads into Avengers, but so does Thor. Like just as much, Thor leads into Avengers. So, and since the phase, the first three phases of the MCU are about Iron Man and Captain America, they're like the two main guys. I feel like Iron Man and Cap should be one and then two. Iron Man has to kick it off, but then I think you watch Cap, and that way you have a movie in between Iron Man and Iron Man Two. Because chronologically, you're supposed to do those two right next to each other, and that's just silly. I don't want to watch two Iron Man movies right in a row. <laughs> so you do Iron Man, then Cap, then Iron Man 2, then Incredible Hulk, because that ha- that post credit scene has to happen after Iron Man 2. See, but, like, that's the problem. So, like, if you're looking at... See, we're, we are going so off the reservation. But this is so far down a hole. I know. So I was apologies like, to <laughs> anyone in the audience who well, does not care isn't about this the a MCU. TV show? Well, this, this, is, this is what I'm, I'm just trying. Oh, hold to. on, because I'm going to tie this shit together. Oh, here we go. When when we are talking about chronologically, I go by when the movies take place. No. Okay. So what? You start with Cap and then move on to like Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. Because the only parts of those movies that throw that off are the end credit scenes that are not part of the movie. But we didn't do yeah. that. Yes, we, we did. But there's also a whole bunch of like, there's we also a lot of one. context involved in that. Like, the, you, you're that, wrong. Yeah, that, that <laughs> Captain Marvel in particular works because it's like, okay, why did what is that thing that that he pressed? To, to to contact Captain Marvel, like what was it at the end when when he's disintegrating? Like you know Nick Fury, and the question is what happened to his eye? It's like watching the Star Wars prequels before watching the original trilogy. It's like the point is what happened to his eye, not like I, I, you're supposed to wonder how he became Darth Vader, not being like, oh okay, and now so he's out got of his all eye. of like, the Marvel it, it, stuff that happens. In all of the movies, your main concern is what the fuck happened to Nick Fury's eye? No, that's just an example, but (laughs) I would argue I disagree with that because if they didn't want me to watch it in that order, don't make the prequel number fucking one, okay? That's it. Oh, you're Don't talking you? about Star Wars? Yeah, no, yes. that's a that's a fucking disaster. I'm just, that's, you're 100% right. Don't call it episode one, because it shouldn't be. Or if you're going to do that, don't ruin the ones that come after it. That's, right. that's a bad way to do a prequel. But I'm saying that Ms. Mar- uh, Captain Marvel works as a prequel because it answers that kind of... It gives that extra characteristics and stuff. You get to see Coulson and him together beforehand as like an afterthought thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... It works as a prequel, I think. Okay. I think watching them in chronological order is, is nuts. I think it's fun once you've seen them already, but I think it, as far as telling a story, those are the kinds of things that you go back to. Now, that's just the way I look at it. I like poking but Chris But to tie it back into the TV stuff, like Agent Carter season one was suggested to be after Guardians of the Galaxy. So like you go down through... You know, the uh, Hulk, Consultant Thor, Avengers, Item 47, Iron Man 3, Thor 2, Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, then Agent Carter. And then I started to, like, throw things together and, like, all right, these could take place any time at this point. So, like, do you go back and forth between, like, do I want to do a bunch of cosmic shit in a row? There was one point where you just had to do a bunch of um, the, uh, the Netflix stuff together, which is, like kind of throws the whole feeling off like right after doctor strange the only way these things really fit is because you got to do like guardians 2 thor right into infinity war 
So between Doctor Strange and Guardians 2, you got to do Iron Fist 1, Defenders, Punisher, Jessica Jones 2, Luke Cage 2, Iron Fist 2, Daredevil 3, Punisher 2, Jessica Jones 3, and then Guardians 2. So it's like this big, massive Netflix hunk right in the middle there, which isn't a bad thing, but it but like everything else around different. that. It's like it's it's different than the, the, the MCU movies. So it's I don't know. That's a lot. A lot. It is a lot. It is a lot, but there's nowhere else for them to really fit. Way to go, Marvel. It's just confusing now. <laughs> All right. So, anyway. The, 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 the point of this is, is, Hawkeye, is Hawkeye, Hawkeye is awesome. And, we can't awesome. and the girl who plays Kate Bishop is great, and I like her yeah. as um, other characters, too. Yeah, we were, we, we'll, we'll talk real quick. We, we watched a bunch of uh, Dickinson because, for some reason, we realized we hadn't, and I we... Because of Hawkeye, we went back to that because she is doing such a phenomenal job. Um, well, Evan surprised me with that show because he was like, yeah, we're going to watch this. And he's like, you know, you've seen it before. And I was like, no, I have not. Never. Not at once. We, I know we did an episode. Didn't we do an episode we for this? We did. I, it was my pick. Right. Yeah, but I was not a maybe, part of that, apparently. on the show yet? I don't know. Um, what else? Uh, we we did watch a, an episode of the Great Canadian Baking Show, which was gonna try. so sweet. <laughs> it's adorable. Um, was there Canadian bacon? No. Stop it. Actually, there may have been. The guy I mean, did there make were Canadians what? baking, but that's a different thing. No, he <laughs> made. There was a muffin that a guy I think had bacon in it, but I'm not 100 percent on that one. I don't even remember. Wow. Um, that should be a spinoff on its own, the Great yeah. Canadian Baking Show. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I checked out a couple of the episodes of the toys that built America, which is, you know, it, this one is doing dramatizations of like epic battles between toy companies like Mattel and Hasbro and when Hot Wheels versus you know, Matchbox and like it's it's cute, but it's the, the toys that make us from the Netflix series. I, I like that one better. I like how you say it's rules. cute. It's Batch so dramatic. It's over dramatic, <laughs> like really overly dram- dramatized. But it's mm. it's just retelling the same story that I got from a Netflix show months and months and months ago. I practically didn't even know the difference between those two companies when I was a kid, honestly. Matchbox were real, Hot Wheels were not. What, is, fake cars. what does that even mean? Oh, wait, like made up versus yeah, made up. Like based off of real. Like Hot Rod. The Shark Chomper. Yes. It's fantastic. Um, and Hot Wheels are more fun. They are. That's that's the point. Yeah, they, they were a good time. Um, And I, I don't know why. Again, I've started watching One Tree Hill. <laughs> As my guilty <laughs> it's the, so bad. And what ended? It started because um, it is filmed in the town in which we live in, and I was curious to see, like, if I recognized anything. And I watched the first episode, and it just, like, I just, it's now, I don't know, twelve, thirteen episodes in. I like, it just can't stop. What are you gonna rewatch Dawson's Creek next? I would. <laughs> I, I just haven't watched it the first time. <laughs> oh boy, tempt him. Well, John Wesley Ship is a, is a dream, and he's a he's a kind, kind gentleman, and he is Dawson's dad. So, um, what about you? I hun? guess you don't know what happened to him. No, I do not. The character, not the actor. I no, wait. Ruin um, it. The ca- oh, okay. The character. 
Dawson's that. I'm going to go with. I don't know what happened to the actor. <laughs> he's he's a sweet guy. He did our show at Garden State. What about you, hon? What have you been watching? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Wait, Sorry, did time. Chris get to talk about what he's been watching? I feel oh, like... you can go next. Good. Okay. I, can, um, I, know, I know what you've been watching, and there has not been much. Yeah, it's been pretty limited. I'm still slowly creeping through Gargoyles. I slowed down on it a little bit because the melodrama was killing me. Um, finished watching America's Next Top Model because I'm a fucking weirdo. Uh, and then we oh, we did... Okay, so I will comment. We have started Lock and Key Season 2. Yay! Uh, the second episode had me a little bit more interested, but yeah, I just have had to come to terms with the fact that, like, this is a show that is not based on the comic at all anymore. It's loosely yeah, inspired it's like, by. <laughs> here's, the, alone. here's the basic premise, and we're just going to try, we're just going to tell a different story. Yeah. With these, effectively, these characters and premise. I recently found out that a, a friend of mine, Alex Zwizek, absolutely hated season two. And I was like, huh, I thought it was really good, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> maybe it's terrible and I, and I have bad taste, but whatever. Yeah, I'm 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 not sure yet how I'm going to feel about it. Uh I don't like I'm not sitting there going, "Oh my god, I hate this again." Like I'm I'm just kind of like, "Okay, like this is what it is." Um but I'm not like drawn in. I don't love it. I'm curious enough that I want to keep watching. Um So, yeah, I'm just remaining neutral and I'm continuing through it. But I like Looking at this season, I don't know if it was the same last season, but um, I actually just don't love the acting that much right now. Like, I, that was kind of one of the things that was getting to me. And I was like, some of this is very overacted. My goodness. Um, some of the acting is painful. Like the little kid, the youngest of them. Really? Oh, yeah. I didn't I think... he was fine. I, I thought... But I, I, he, he is actually not who bothers me the most. It doesn't really matter. The point is... <laughs> I'm I'm watching it, and that's all I'm going to say. I don't want to go too far into it uh, because I just don't really know how I'm going to feel about it. it yeah, like, whatever. Uh, the thing that I've been really into was Squid Game. I finished it. Okay. Um, and I have to say, like, I thought that this was going to be a show that was really just, like, kind of weak story and just you know like maybe a little bit of drama but it was just going to be a gory mess of people killing each other um and that was like not i like it was definitely a part of the story don't get me wrong it's like at least 60 percent of the story but like when i'm watching the show i feel like it is the least important part the games themselves were the the people dying were not as impactful or nearly as important to me as a viewer as the story that they were telling. I was so invested in these characters and I like, there's a big twist at the end of the show. And from the moment they introduced one of the characters, I was suspicious of this twist being a possibility. And I was like, I don't know, but it seems like it could be a thing. And then I was like, no, like I'm, I'm, I'm just getting, like, I'm, I'm being cocky. There's no way they're going to do that. I feel like that's kind of an American twist on that. No, they did the thing that I thought they were going to do. Um, 
So as I tried to talk myself out of it, I was like, oh my goodness, it was great. Uh, but they also, the way they ended this season, it kind of feels like they may be doing a second season. Um, or they're leaving it open enough that they would really like to. So I am very curious to see where this goes, but uh, I thought the show was really well acted. I thought that they stuck with, you know, the tip typical tropes that you get in a show where it's all sorts of different people versus each other um but i think that it like there was just something interesting about the premise that this was really these games are designed by someone who was pretty much like when you are in these games it's like being back on a childhood playground there is no like other rule than like what you would associate with like literal children's games like except the stakes are literal life and death. So they had stuff where, you know, uh, one one person that was playing the game had an in with some of the guards and he was finding out what the games were in, were in, in advance. So when they went to play one of the games, he was able to kind of get the information and then prepare himself and a, and a group of others so that they had an advantage. And when it was found out that he was doing that, they took him and like basically him and whoever else was involved in this whole scheme that he was running they shot them and then hung them up so that when the players were walking to the game that came after that they were like we are very sorry that uh the like the sacred integrity of these games was jeopardized everyone is meant to be equal um all everyone is supposed to have the same opportunities here and like it was just really strange to me because you could just like sense the delusion. You never actually saw the creator for most of the game, and you could, but you could sense this delusion behind their entire message and and what they believe in. And there's just all of these crazy rules and like I don't know. It was just it was so, I, like it was honestly kind of believable as a thing that could exist in our society today, which was absolutely terrifying. But I think that's part of what made it so interesting. Um. What so did, did you 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 enjoyed it like it was yeah like I really I really I was invested I was invested in seeing what the games were I was invested in seeing how people figured out the solutions uh, I I was very surprised about the amount of storytelling that was actually involved in this and the way that they in one of the games uh, like they had to play marbles and you get you had to be partnered with somebody. And when these people were partnered, you you saw traits come out of others. You you saw people start to open up at this point because it's you know midway through these games, and they're starting to like share more about who they are, and you start to like see these bonds form between characters. But the end of the marble game, like you each start with ten marbles, and whoever walks away with the twenty marbles, the other person dies. That's it. And there is one one particular character who they had an odd number of players. So when they were selecting their partners for this game, people were partnering up like, we're going to work together. We're going to be a team. And then it turned out that you were versing the person you were against. So like in that game, one of the teams was a husband and a wife. And, and yeah, and it was just like absolutely brutal because you you were introduced to this couple like in another episode 
and then they've kind of been in the background and then you see the two of them look at each other in this episode and you know who they are and at the end of the episode only one of them comes back and you see the absolute devastation for the character i'm trying to be somewhat vague about some of this because like i as much as i'm okay with spoilers on the show like there's an extent of this that i feel like you kind of if it's spoiled for you i feel like it does take away from some of the emotional investment um but like in that particular game like i actually cried during that episode because there were multiple things that just that that just got you right in the feels um and there was a character i was very suspicious of that uh in that episode supposedly died and they did not so leading it down that path yeah like it was why i heard so much about this show and i you know as soon as i looked into what it was about i was like this show's not for me yeah right now um you know aside from the like horror you know bloody goreness of it Mm -hmm. then there's like the psychological torture aspect of it i'm like Mm -hmm. no i'm not watching anything like that right now Mm -hmm. yeah i um, definitely understand why people would feel like this is not a good time to watch a show like this and i i guess i just didn't expect this level of storytelling when i started watching it so thinking that it was going to be very shallow i did not expect to get this sucked in um thank you for confirming my choice was correct yeah it definitely it's it's an emotionally heavy show it was impactful and it was like i don't know it just it was it's one of those things where like it it reminded me of the premise of a lot of the episodes of black mirror for anyone who's watched that where you would see like members of a society doing things and then the people who are affected by that are involved in it you're like holy shit how could they be subjected to this kind of lifestyle but the thing with squid game is like it is this weird dystopian in non-future it's like this dystopian possibility or alternate universe where these people they literally while they're in the games they they get recruited and then there's a rule that states if all of the players or a majority of the players vote to end the game the game ends and they do it in like episode two so you're like what the fuck is happening i thought this like what and then by episode three almost all of them i think it was like 85 to 90 percent of the players were back because they were all people who came from these pretty desperate situations and it was like going back to their old lives was actually just as bad if not worse than where they were like where they were being in these games and the game of course like if you're the winner you get like this absurd amount of prize money um so there's like that greed and motivation but i think at some point what they're playing with in the writing is the fact that like for these people this place made them feel like they had purpose Mm. and it's crazy that's way deeper than i expected yeah like that's what i'm saying i just i and i don't know if i'm assigning meaning where there isn't meant to be any but i really don't think that a show that was this well done was something that would be made without having that kind of intention i just did not get that feeling from it um and it's a very weird concept that they took these children's games and then put these adults in these situations and you just see like 
these really gruesome outcomes. Um, but at the same time, there's like this incredible storytelling. I don't know. I just love it. I really do. It was, it was such a good mix of so many different things, but it was definitely, it's not something that I would recommend to you guys, honestly. Uh, like It's rough. There are certain scenes like I popped in that get really, really violent, really, really bad. Yeah. So, um, if you're not into gore, then no matter how much of there is of drama in there, there's a lot of gore as well. So be mindful of that. Yeah. Yeah, they don't hold back on that at all. So. <sighs> but yeah, otherwise, on a more cheerful note, how about that uh, Zoe special? So, Chris, you got anything? <laughs> yeah, uh, not not a lot of like super interest. Um, I've been doing a rewatch of Cowboy Bebop myself, and just constantly running into animated. Wow, correct? they really did do the yeah the okay. the animated one, and just really like seeing wow they really did not do as good a job on this show as I thought they did. Like, uh, you know, watching it on its own certainly entertained me to the extent that it did and I had huge problems with it where it was not entertaining but like now going back and watching the anime like I just got to the first episode with with uh with Edward and wow <laughs> they uh they really missed the point with that uh, one scene of Ed in the end of the live action one like they just really missed the core of that character um I granted they that was a short scene and I could have seen you know, it would have been interesting to see where they went from there but also something my dad pointed out why he didn't like the the live action one that I didn't really think about too much was um that they really got spike they did spike very differently um and it was spike had this whole kind of philosophy about fighting mm -hmm. and like they did these fight scenes with spike in the live action one and 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 he fought but like he had a serious like respect and study of martial arts uh in the anime that that they just just wasn't there with the character at all in the live action one and it was such an intrinsic part of his character um like i just got to the the episode in the the anime where he he teaches somebody some basic martial arts moves and you know talks about being like water and uh it was just a, an awesome scene it's like wow they really didn't like I could not imagine the spike from the live action show even having this conversation because it's just not who he was. And I'm definitely seeing a lot of differences in Faye too. I still thought Faye was very entertaining in the live action one, but I'm nice. finding yeah. more depth in her animated appearance. I still think the animated character needed to be reworked pretty solidly for a modern show. Mm -hmm. She's got a, she definitely has some issues, but, um, all in all, she's a deeper character than she was on the show, or at least a more relatable and a relatable character, which is like, it's nuts to me. Like the, the animated series is just so much better than that live action one. And I even kind of liked it to an extent, but right. yeah, it's got absolutely nothing. It does so much more in these like 22 minute episodes than the uh, live action one did with our episodes. It just accomplishes so much more meaning. Uh, it's insane to me. It's a better That's product. Crazy. Yeah, it's just a better product. Yeah, better product all around. Um, we also watched the first two episodes of The Witcher. Oh, yes. <sighs> yes, I'm on episode one. <sighs> I actually fell asleep for some of episode one, I think. 
uh, not because it was boring, because I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was late when we started it, and I shouldn't have started it. I, I knew it, but I was like, nah, fuck it, we can do this. Uh, but I don't think I missed anything of any actual importance. Yeah, we're only two in, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's been great so far. It's been uh, d- d- quite nice. It doesn't seem to be telling its story too far out of chronological order like they did in season one which is like That's my only real gripe with season one where it's like ah fuck it this takes place like three years ago we're not gonna tell you either good luck yep that's why i stopped i see you just said i couldn't remember why i stopped watching <laughs> it was hard to first. watch it was, it, like, was, it was just a it, tough follow like yes it's really freaking good but also like wait what <laughs> could you stop <laughs> nope can't stop. Gotta keep going. <laughs> Gotta keep. It's just crazy. We're just gonna be crazy. Have just stay fun. on this Good train. Luck. You'll get there eventually. It doesn't seem like they're doing nearly as much jumping around. Everything seems to be pretty like pretty cohesive. Like I'm not missing anything, right? It seems cohesive to you. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, I do miss the Bard. I hope he comes back. Yeah, I'm sure he will. He was too much of a fan favorite to really disappear like they're doing. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, I miss that comic relief. But yeah, it's been it's been pretty solid so far. Very I'm, ver- much. I'm very happy to have Henry Cavill back in my life. Um, <laughs> though it does seem this season that Yennefer is the one with a lot of the fucks. Yeah, I haven't heard Henry Cavill say fuck yet. <laughs> um, Maybe he's watching his language around the child. <laughs> although, like, she aged. Like, she looked like a kid in season one. She does not look like a kid in season two. Like, when he sees her at the end of season one in the woods, like, she's older now. <laughs> and, I like, I get it. You know, actors grow up. It's just, it's it was really jarring to me. Like, Wait, that's not Yennefer. That's, that's the No, theories. the little the, the yeah. princess girl or whatever that was his destiny. That yeah, he yeah, yeah. had some sort the of... The law of surprise. Law yeah. of surprise. <laughs> Still not, I'm still not following a lot of the uh, the finer details, but I am very entertained by it. It's, it's <laughs> there was an interesting write-up in the Mary Sue about, I didn't read the whole thing, uh, about how, like, the way that they're portraying Siri on the show is very mm-hmm. much a child compared with the way they, um, um, they played Daenerys in Game of Thrones mm-hmm. was a similar age, but she was seen as like a much more sexualized character. And uh that kind of led to a lot of problems with that character. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um that so. and shitty writing. Well yeah that too. I mean nobody's that arguing happens. that. That happens. Yeah, there were a lot of people who were like, wow, what are you doing with this kid? Ca- oh well you went there. Okay. Wow. It's like, yeah, that's that's what made. Game of Thrones does. Okay, choices were made. But she's pretty interesting. The the princess girl. I'm I'm liking uh, I'm liking everything about the series so far. So huzzah. And I think that's been it for me too. I can't believe I forgot about The Witcher. <laughs> okay. I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't going to go too far into that. If you guys hadn't seen it yet either so we can wait until we've actually watched all of it and i'm i'm watching it without evan because i well I, so i i will try because i gotta finish the first F season that guy i gotta, I gotta <laughs> watch the first season and for some reason i could not remember why i stopped watching it now that 
reminds me, and I think there's some sort of map out there that I can follow along. Has anybody, like, recut it? Oh, I, I forgot that they it was a necessity to recut, so I don't think so. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, the internet is that kind of place, like, yeah. and The Witcher was one of those, it was a pretty big deal. Somebody out there must have taken that and just put it in chronological order. And, and it, if you find that, you let me know and throw it up on the Plex, because I, I, it. that I want to see. <laughs> you got it. I, I, will, I will hunt down. If, if it exists, I will find it. All right, so... To, to wrap up what we have been watching um, two weeks ago, real quick, um, we got our fix for Zoe. Um, it is technically the length of a movie. It was a 90-minute episode. It was their Christmas episode, uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas. And it being this time of the year, and that being the show that it is, it was fantastic. Uh. It, for me, hit every beat that it needed to. It reminded me of why I loved that show when it was on and when it was available. And it wrapped up the storylines and, and, and the, the, the what-ifs beautifully for me. Um, what did you guys think about it? Uh, well, I'll get my thoughts out of the way first because I don't actually watch the show, so... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've just seen the episode that we talked about on mm -hmm. this show. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, um, what's it? The, uh, the, the neighbor character, the mm -hmm. trans character, I guess. Yep. Uh, who I had a bit of a problem with when we watched it originally. Mo. I, Mo. <laughs> Mo. Yeah. Absolutely hated that character's bit in this. It was the, it was just so incredibly schlocky and, and, cbs uh uh what's the word a sitcom like oh i get it they're gonna take over the kids performance and they're gonna be really militant about it and then find the real meaning of christmas at the end like this is the best you can do for this character if i was that if i was that actor i would be in just infuriated that that's what they had me do i uh, that outside of that i thought it was fantastic i i i rather in, enjoyed it the, the the music was spectacular it was a really fun show to watch uh i was just every single time that mo story came on i got angry just like get this out of this wonderful thing do better <laughs> with this character because you're doing great with everybody else uh and yeah that's that's pretty much what all, all, all i thought of it, it was i will fun. just chime in and say i agree with mo's story not being great evan evan and i evan at one point did the i have to look away because i'm uncomfortable um i also felt that mo deserved better yeah it was like i i i wanted to look away because i was uncomfortable it was gross it was like i know what you're doing stop it yeah <laughs> everything else about this is like spectacular why are you doing this stop it <laughs> and they didn't they kept rubbing it in your face like okay we get it they're they're pushing the kids too far i get it please stop please throw a curveball make something interesting out of this mm. and they just that kept show is very down. good at that taking like sitcom tropes and subverting them yeah i i that's, expected that's the impression better. that yep. i got and then they just didn't they just kept doubling down on this crap storyline it was such a such a, a a black mark on this otherwise fantastic 
fantastic show. Like, I just, I, I, God, she, that rendition of uh, I I think I said it while we were watching the show too. Uh, that honestly, time after time is one of the best songs ever written. I, well, I, 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 I no hyper, no no hyperbole there. I just think it's one of the best songs ever written. You cover it even vaguely well, and it's gonna come out great. And that bit at the end was just so so good it was so good and like the way dude meister lost his powers like right right, right after that i was like oh. oh man this is good this is really good this is really really good yeah but everything dude with meister. that <clears throat> with that storyline of um him having the powers and trying to figure out how to use the powers and then that leading him to like just understand her better and realized that his reaction to the situation had been particularly selfish because he hadn't considered how she felt about having the powers the whole time and how that must be for her. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought that was really sweet and like really important development for them as a couple. Like they wouldn't, I don't know that that relationship would have survived if that hadn't happened. Yeah. And that right there is a perfect example of what I was talking about. Like, I saw that coming. Like he's over. He's like, "Oh, this is great. How have you not had a good time?" Like it was so obvious. Like something's going to hit him and turn it around. This is predictable. But they executed it so well. With like when things started going bad, like you really felt for him. Like he didn't. They didn't play it off like a a, a joke. When like the the guy showed up at the front door, like yeah, that was kind of funny. But then like the reality of how painful it was for her to have that guy there and then with the the the, the snow globe, globe breaking yeah. it was yeah. and then the way he acted afterwards it was executed so well yeah that the fact that it was predictable didn't matter because it was all in that execution and that that's a testament to how good this show should always be and how angry that most story made me see and that's and that's the the problem like i don't know that i don't i don't know what they knew what to do with Mo for this episode. Okay, I yeah, mean, I think it was primarily about the family and their grief, and, and Mo and, didn't really fit in there. And yeah. if you didn't have that horribly awkward situation at the kids' play, you don't have that resolution at the end with the the daughter and the father and their beautiful number and and whatnot like mm-hmm. yes i get it it was really uncomfortable it was really awkward but i can't think of what other 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 than leaving her out of the episode because this episode was so family heavy mm-hmm. i i don't well, know what i mean you could have just had them learn the lesson before actually getting up on stage and doing that horribly embarrassing performance yeah, but yeah. then you would like, have gotten the beautiful maybe you just dresses. just do the <laughs> subversion right there early on and then find a way to move forward with that i i I fully understand and fully agree with what you're saying that but like how much of that episode was the the mo story it wasn't a lot but i i understand the point like it would have been better it would have been made better without that tainted Mm -hmm. yeah and that like having mo's you know gathering at the like Mo was important to have in the episode because that gathering at the end and like finding the importance of that uh, uh, for everyone to be there at that special gathering at the end mm-hmm. was an important piece of it. It was just, you know, 
I feel like they wanted to keep Mo in the episode because, you know, they're an important part of Zoe's life. And having them only in the episode to support Zoe and her, you know, grief or issues or whatever isn't doing full service to that character. But what they decided to do was not the right call. Yeah, I kept expecting them to be like, to, to start making it look that way and then to have the character be like, what do you think? I'm some kind of narcissistic monster? Like, of course I'm not going to torture these kids and make their, their Christmas show all about me. Here's the wonderful Christmas show. And then like it was like the whole thing was supposed to be some sort of setup where it looks like that's what they're doing. But of course they're not going to make this character be that horrible. And then they wind up coming through in the end with a wonderful Christmas show that highlights the kids. Like, that's what I kept expecting to happen because it was so predictable and so bad. Yeah. And that would have been fine. It would have been just fine to be like, what, do you think I'm stupid? There, this is your great holiday show. Enjoy. And then everyone's like, yay, Merry Christmas. Because it's a Christmas episode. You could do that kind of stuff. It doesn't have to be. You've got plenty of other, like, deep, meaningful stuff elsewhere. And, like, it would have been a great message to just be like, oh, you assume because this is the way I present myself that this is what I'm going to do to a children's performance? What kind of a monster do you think I am? Like, it would have been... Th- that would have been perfectly effective right there to 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 just show you like no just this is what i this is the appearance that i put forth but i'm not just my appearance like there's your message right there i some 40 year old schlub from new jersey just came up with a better way to do that character service <sighs> i also felt like the david and emily christmas newsletter thing was <laughs> right not as strong as it could have been yeah um i, I will like say the i way did they find resolved it, it. um yeah. i i feel like it was an important story because i feel like a lot of people feel that way especially mm. around this time when they're catching up with people they don't haven't they don't talk too often right and you know it made an important point about like not comparing yourselves to others and their achievements and like recognize your own your own life for what it is all of that made like it was a good point to make in the episode i just don't necessarily know that i love the way they made the point 100 percent agree <laughs> but, but absolutely i actually forgot all about that because the other one that one was mediocre that was like all right because you're right it was a really good idea to begin with and i thought it was really funny but then like it just kind of laid there for the rest of the episode while there's like okay here's this great stuff and here's this thing that's making me mad and then there's these assholes yeah whatever <laughs> uh yeah they basically kind of wrote out the spark point staff which is fine um i feel yeah. like the that that environment on the show is uh good in small doses mm-hmm um, they threw one of them down it, a mountain, didn't they? <laughs> yep. Yes. It didn't uh, make particularly good use of Simon. Like who's that? The the guy whose mom was with. He spent Christmas in Vegas with his mom and her. Partner, oh right! And in mostly the episode, he just was on the phone with her. Yeah, in the episode we watched together, that was like a love triangle, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah no, yeah. I, I'm not a fan. Yeah. No, I guess they didn't her. really do yeah, much yeah. with him either. Yeah, it it was kind of hard to address everybody in one wrap-up movie thing. 
and do them all good service. I do feel like the obviously the best service was done to the the characters in the family. Mm-hmm. And I am of two minds. I think it was an excellent episode movie wrap up closure everything. Um and I feel like it's a really important thing for anybody who's dealing with grief to see like the whole show is really right. good for people who are dealing with that i don't like if that's the star centerpiece of the movie i don't know that it had to be at christmas like it's fine it just didn't feel super as much as it was about making the perfect christmas it didn't feel super christmasy to me I think if that for, makes any sense. I, I have to say, for for me, that's one of the things that I liked about it was that it doesn't feel super Christmassy, and I think for someone who's dealing with grief, nothing feels super Christmassy. So, if that's a, it, you know, like you're saying, that's a a good show for someone to watch if they are dealing with and experiencing grief. And I I have a friend who like I you know was there when she lost both of her parents and watched her go through the holidays for the first time. And I kind of feel like that's something I definitely don't have the ability to relate to in the same way, because it's been a very long time since I've lost anyone in a way that impacted me that deeply. But um, in my ignorance, I've observed others. And I, I do think that to some extent, like, it is about trying to find your footing during a time where it feels like the carpet's been ripped out from under you and the ground is made of lava. <laughs> yeah. No. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing that it wasn't very Christmassy. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's good for people to know going in, if you're expecting it to be like, Oh, this is a show, a quirky musical show. And if mm-hmm. this is their Christmas episode, you, you might need like a content warning. Yeah, oh, it yeah, yeah. seemed to be more about the anxiety of Christmas than the season itself. Like it was like I I did find that rather effective that it was like about yeah, like like, like grief. the duet of of her and him and she, with the need a little Christmas. <laughs> yeah. And... <laughs> yeah, it was trying to that create this perfection. Yeah, that was that was outstanding and like the the whole concept of forcing yourself to feel like it's christmas because like that was kind of a thing like and we 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 go through that as adults all the time like there's this expectation of what the christmas season's supposed to feel like and then you get there and it's like well i'm bogged down by all this other stuff in life shouldn't i be feeling something more like christmasy and that was such a a point of this like i don't want to f- like I'm i'm not feeling this right now because i'm going through all of this stuff Mm-hmm. But I'm going to force myself, I, she has a revelation and then forces herself to be like, no, I'm going to Christmas the shit out of this holiday. <laughs> and it's like, forcing yourself to do that is a part of being an adult at Christmas sometimes, and not necessarily a, a healthy one. And I thought, I, th- I thought this attacked that specific, very Christmassy thing, but not Christmassy. You know, it's very specific yeah. to Christmas, but it's not Christmassy. You know, mm-hmm. I, I yes. just thought it attacked that very well, and I really appreciated that about this. Yeah, I think very we much. definitely need more of this in our entertainment, more realistic views of what life is actually like for people, like real people, um, 
to a, to the extent that these are real people because you know she has yes. she has musical powers let's not be kidding ourselves that this is a realistic show but at the same time like it does deal with like real life situations yeah situations and in a very realistic yeah. way with musical numbers with musical, yeah. do you actually I mean, feel like I wish you there want... were like 200 percent more musical numbers in my life <laughs> for sure do you actually feel like you want that though because like i think that's one of the things we deal with that is kind of a conflict with television right it's an escape from reality but then you kind of want it to reflect more of your own reality like I don't know. I feel like in this, yes, in this, I'm okay with it reflecting my life because it feels like being, it feels like a representation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I do I feel would, the show's good ref- at that. I would rep- prefer having representation of like imperfect holidays and, you know, impacts of mental health stuff on people's lives in a show like this. If you're talking about, like, you know, this level of realism in something, like, super gritty, dark, and dramatic, I probably don't want that as an escape. And that's why we don't watch shows that are, like, too stressful for us to watch, even, you know, regardless of how compelling they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we gave up on This Is Us. (laughs) And Good Girls. And Good Girls. Yeah, just, just a big fat no thanks. Um... So, but I think in in something like this that manages to balance it with like sweetness and comedy and you know kick ass musical numbers, I think it's fine. Yeah, that, that's that, that's what's going to be my 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 final my closing point was that this the show is a true balance of all of the whimsy and and fantastical and the realism and the the, the pain it it ran the whole gamut of things that other shows just dip their toes in and they did it really well i mean the entirety of the show not just this episode it truly is a feel-good show it makes you feel good even when it's talking about feeling bad that somehow also makes you feel good Mm. yeah because you know it's like okay this feels bad to that character I can relate to that bad feeling and that being able to relate makes me feel better. Yeah. Some of the greatest scenes of this show were between her and her father after passing. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that speaks volumes because those were painful, painful scenes that were some of the best that they, they produced. And I usually don't do well with dead dad stuff yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. And this is something I can definitely see myself rewatching without that level of pain that I usually have. Um, that being said, oh, I was so happy they brought in Peter Gallagher for a scene with her. <laughs> oh, of course. And it was beautiful. It was really lovely. And, you know, I'm always happy to see Skylar Aston sing. Mm, yes. Yeah, but that the or, last, like, the last do anything. notes, the last notes, the looks of pain on his face when she wasn't singing back, you were just like, just, just hum something, sweetie. Come on, give him something. Because that's how good an actor he yeah. is. Yeah. He made you feel that shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He punched me right in the hard strings. <laughs> With his voice. With his vocal cords. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I will say uh, just one closing thing on the the uh, David. Oh, fuck. David and. Emily. Emily. Yeah. 
on that whole Christmas card thing, I actually did. I understand your points about it, and I'm not really disagreeing, but I will say at the end of the day, I liked that story, if only because I think there's a part of me that related to it hardcore and also wanted... uh, I I liked seeing the fact that they they did this based on um, Max's suggestion, and it kind of showed how like he took the simplicity of the problem solving for granted with the powers because he made that suggestion uh, at the same time that he was also making other suggestions based on songs that he, like heart songs that he was hearing. Mm-hmm. He was just finding the easiest way. Like I shouldn't say the easy way out, but like the the simplest of. S- solutions with air quotes around that that's what i'm saying it wasn't always it's not always a straightforward solution and he hadn't figured that out yet so that learning curve for him you know just the way he'd be like oh you're struggling with this well what about something like and it's not as easy as it looks and it just makes you respect zoe's struggles that much more because now you're experiencing another person having that power and like they're getting it really wrong. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought that was cool. That's a good point. And like I said, that plot line wasn't as as much of a misstep for me yeah. as yeah. the Mo storyline that we all agree was not great. <laughs> well, and you know I wasn't as upset by it because I knew that's exactly what they were going to do so that they can have the beautiful number at the end of the show. Like, I, I that as soon as... She walked into that room. I went, oh, I know exactly how this is going to play out. I'm okay with it. Just move it along. Get, get, me, get me that deep, deep voice at the end of the episode where that man with the big, oh. beautiful black beard starts singing those dulcet tones. My God, that man's voice rocks you. They should have taken every opportunity they had to allow him to sing. And if they needed to take numbers away from Mary Steenburgen to do it, fine. <laughs> I love that woman, but and she's trying her best. Yes, but she's not the singer that the rest of the cast is. The mom, yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I that that stuck out to me too. It's like, oh, she, she's trying, and yeah. it's very sweet. But she's, like the she, whole rest of the cast, they purposely cast people who could sing, and that just seemed like a slightly odd choice to me, especially since the dad could sing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so there you go. It's it's very very entertaining. We enjoyed it. Did have some some pitfalls, but overall, I think it was a great send off for the show that we will miss. Surely, surely. Until I go rewatch it again and again and again mm-hmm. and again and again. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, with that, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to talk some more Christmas shows. Uh, stay tuned. And now, here's a quick look at some of the other original content, available now from our partners and Geekade.com. First up, do you like Christmas music? Well, Dan and Chris from the Stone Age Gamer podcast do, and they decided to toss the video game talk out the window for a week and rank their top 10 favorite Christmas songs. I have heard them. They are great. Sure, there were a few video game tunes in there because Chris is Chris, but outside of that, this is all Christmas all the time. So if you're into the idea of listening to two 40-year-old dudes from New Jersey 
talking about how much they love Christmas music for a couple hours, tune into the Stone Age Gamer Podcast, episode 389, 2021 Holiday Music Special. I promise you will not be sorry. Next up, did you know that there was a Ghostbusters movie, a new one? Did you know that they inexplicably waited till after Halloween to release it to the world? Weird release dates aside, Ghostbusters Afterlife was an interesting movie for a number of reasons, not the least of which was the reanimated corpse of Harold Ramis. Was it done tastefully, or should this particular franchise have stayed dead? Find out what Sean, Paul, and Chris have to say about it in A Theater Near You, Episode 9, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Finally, the weekend rental crew found the two people who liked the now-canceled Netflix Cowboy Bebop show, and it was them? That's right, they actually enjoyed Cowboy Bebop, but unbeknownst to them, Chris actually enjoyed it too. Who knew? Anyway, they discuss their feelings on the prematurely truncated show, and probably discuss how sad they are that it won't be coming back. Plus, arcade modding, Spotify stats, and more... Be sure to catch all this and more in Weekend Rental Episode 114, The Gamers Get Vicious. For all this great content and more from us and our partners, be sure to keep your eyes on Geekade.com. And we're back! Thank you so much for checking out our cartoon... Cartoon... Ah! <laughs> Thank you so much for checking out our commercials. Um, so, in the spirit of the season... Let's talk some Christmas episodes. Now, Angela and I were having a conversation earlier today that this was more difficult for for us than we thought because when we think Christmas, we don't think necessarily Christmas television. We think Christmas movies and Christmas specials and whatnot. But um, I definitely had a couple of episodes in mind that I wanted to talk about. Um, so what do you guys what do you guys got for me? Make me some suggestions. Well, um, this is a little bit hard for me personally to come up with only because uh, this is episode, what, 243 of this podcast? Yeah. Um, We've talked Christmas episodes before and And, we've covered a lot of them that I I like. And I'm okay with that. You can repeat. It's fine. Um, (laughs) That's good because I plan on repeating a bunch. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... So, I've been wrapping presents for the last two days pretty much nonstop and uh, watching all the Office Christmas episodes. Now, <laughs> Angie, I think you were the one who was saying that you were, you know, somewhat of a pop culture infant and hadn't necessarily seen some of the things we had. <laughs> so, is I am the a Office... pop culture infant? <laughs> <laughs> is the Office one of those things that you like missed out on, or is that something you're familiar with? It is something I missed out on. Okay. Um, so I revisit these pretty much every year, and I have to say the more time goes by, the less I want to revisit them. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're losing your, ta- you're losing your taste for it, are you? It's not that they were, like, bad episodes, but they've aged so poorly, mm-hmm. some of them, that it's like one of them... There, the big conflict is that uh, Phyllis wants to be Santa, and Michael throws an unholy fit about it because Santa can't be a woman, and it's yeah. just gross. And then you know, Daryl wants to wear a Santa hat, but Michael doesn't want to let him because Santa's not black. 
<laughs> it's all played for laughs and it's not funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably the worst example is uh, the year that, uh, what was her name? Carol. Michael's girlfriend, Carol, breaks up with him right before the Christmas party. And so to cheer him up, Andy takes him to Benihana. <laughs> and they end up, like, uh, not hooking up with, but, like, they end up, the waitresses get off their shift and come back with them to the Christmas party. And it is so fucking racist <laughs> that you can hardly believe that something like this that isn't that old was on TV. Where she he's changed like, there's, quick. <laughs> there's two like Asian waitresses, and they may they make the joke. Well, oh, Michael forgets which one is his date because all waitresses look alike. Like, oh god, that's not funny. It wasn't funny then, and I don't know how that happened. Um, so there's some good stuff, um, and I feel like people, you know, love The Office, and, you know, please go ahead and feel free to do so. There's still a lot of good there, but, like, there's more bad than I remembered. <laughs> I'm, uh, I've, I've, you know, I've stated before that I've long since lost my taste for that show. I was obsessed with it when it came out. I thought it was genius, um, but, you know, one of the last times I went back to it, I just was like, Show's kind of gross, and Parks and Rec does everything it does better. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, no, we're we're rewatching Parks and Rec now, and, and it's overtaken the Office's space in my heart. It, it just uh, I, that show has aged fine. Like it's it, it's great. Yeah, you know? yeah. Cool. Um, so I'm not missing anything. Good to know. <laughs> yep. Um. <laughs> I, you know, Supernatural had a Christmas episode that I talked about in the past. Like, they, the, the one Christmas episode they did that was very supernaturally um, mm-hmm. and not very Christmassy, but it was great anyway. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and uh, The West Wing has done a, a couple of great Christmas episodes. Kind of downer because, you know, it was a drama, but, you know, heartfelt nonetheless. But the one that I arrived at that I was like, I don't think we've talked about this before, um, is season two, I believe it's episode eight of Sports Night called The Reunion. Ooh, Sports Night. Nice. Yeah. Going way back to good old 2000, I believe. (laughs) Um, A a simpler time. (laughs) So it was one of two Christmas episodes they did, and I started to watch the other one, and I was like, yeah, this isn't very Christmassy. Uh, It's a very good episode, but it's not very much about Christmas. It just kind of happens at Christmas, and there's... That's the one where the girl who plays Donna is like, my boss picks out your ties and stuff, yeah. Yeah, there's a very good scene where, like, basically, Casey doesn't know the names of anybody he works with that aren't, like producers are talent um and so it puts it puts him in his place uh, this one there's a there's like three storylines uh dana's brother is a is an nfl player and he's been suspended for steroid use and he's about to come home for christmas mm-hmm. um natalie has asked dan to review her a like audition tape to be a substitute anchor um and uh casey uh, there's a secret santa going on and casey's trying to find the perfect gift for isaac i love this one so um 
for Dana's brother, um, it goes through a lot of stuff about like, you know, her feelings about being obligated to report this news that's also affecting her family personally and um just the relationship between her and her brother who is like a one-off character we never seen mm-hmm. him before we never see him again but the the scenes between them are really powerful and like play to you know um just the pulling at your heartstrings thing Nice. Um, and then Dan is supposed to have reviewed Natalie's tape and he hasn't done it and then he does do it and he lies about how good it is and then it turns out like it's good but doing his job is really hard and she's just hasn't doesn't have enough experience yet to be good enough and he does end up at, by the end of it telling her the truth. And then Casey goes on this wild goose chase of trying to give his boss like a meaningful gift. And he goes directly to the source and he's like, what do you want? And Isaac is like, this is not the point of gift giving. I can't just tell you what to get me. Anything you get me will be fine because, you know, it's the thought that counts. Mm -hmm. And then he ends up sending Casey's like, okay, get me a cheese grater. Get me the best cheese grater on the market. (laughs) And Casey goes out and gets... 12 cheese graters <laughs> and tells Isaac to pick the best one and he'll give the others to, uh, to quote people who need cheese graters <laughs> to which Isaac says plenty of those around the holidays <laughs> um, and you said she was like grating cheese it's not something, not something I, I hate, hate. <laughs> so Isaac reveals that like the, the cheese grater thing was just just you know something he said it wasn't really a passion of his um, but that the point is uh, that the fact that Casey wants to get something nice for him means more than what the actual gift is. Right. And so, like, the reason that I like this episode is between the three storylines, it kind of ties in all together, like, what the real gifts in life are. Like, you know, the honesty that Dan gives Natalie and, like, the support that he ends up giving her in the end of, like, her career aspirations and Casey's thoughtfulness about the gift and Dana supporting her brother in a hard time, uh, even though she disagrees with what he did. It, it it gives you, a like, a really nice, like, these are the true meaning of Christmas type of things. Those feels. And those Christmas yeah, feels. Yeah, those Christmas feels. And it also points out the pointlessness of um, Office Secret Santa. <laughs> that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Right like, there. Here, I got you socks. There's a, there's a minor <laughs> plot line where Natalie is Casey's Secret Santa, and she doesn't know what to get him at all, and um, ends up getting him socks after he tries to like put in real thought to like give her an idea of what would be a really special present. And she's like, no, I'm getting you socks. Here you go. <laughs> Nice. I, I love like this the... pick. I, I forgot about it. What a fantastic... We should have watched this the other night when we were watching all our, our Christmas episodes. Like I watched it this afternoon, and I'd be happy to do so again. I, w- I would love to watch this again <laughs> if we have time. Uh, I just... I, I haven't... I've been, I was going to suggest Sports Night for our next rewatch after we finish um, uh, the Parks and Rec this time around, just because I love this show so, so flippin' much. It's a, it's a great show. Um, really is it is and that that i in my head i quote that whole scene with uh 
uh, Casey and Isaac with the cheese grater. Like every single time I pull out a cheese grater without fail, I love my <laughs> cheese grater. And I think about like, you know, where he, he takes the trophy down off his shelf and puts the cheese grater up there in its place. It's like, <laughs> I think about that all the time. I just, I just love it. What a wonderful show that is. Yes. It's, it, it's, and it's surprising that it's not one of those more, a more popular show. Like it, it doesn't, it's not spoken about as much as it should be kind of thing. It's a, it's revered by those that really like it. And it's just, it, I haven't heard anybody like, Oh, I hate that show. Like it's, it's, it's a good, good show. Um, hun. Yes. I'm going to have you go next. Cause I'm pretty sure I know what your pick is and it sort of ties in with the, the conversation that we just had. So, okay. Well, you have a couple, so <laughs> tis the season to be spooky. <laughs> <laughs> okay because i typically uh don't so i have like a very weird somewhat jaded perspective on christmas where i loved it when i was a kid because kids always love it but my favorite thing about christmas has always been family gatherings and over the years uh the gatherings have been less family less gathering more fighting like it's just the the way that christmas is has kind of changed for me and, uh, you know, with the pandemic and us having moved out of our home state, we've <laughs> out spent, of region. Yeah, we've spent uh, our Christmas a little more isolated uh, the past couple of years and, and we'll do so again this year. And I chose uh, something that was in the realm of, you know, things that I love and enjoy, but also a pretty good representation of um how I typically would spend a Christmas, I think. Uh, minus the spooky ooky bits, it's a very supernatural Christmas. So, <laughs> did I give you a little heart attack when I brought it up? Like I was going to talk about it. <laughs> I was, I was like, you know what? It would be my fucking luck that she's already talked about this and or is going to talk about it again. So, yeah, I was like, well, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> But yeah, for anyone who didn't hear that episode, basically uh, in this particular Supernatural episode, it was season three. Uh, so this was when Dean was basically uh, scheduled to go to hell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he had his plane ticket. He was all packed yeah, up. Yeah, you know, ready to go. he was uh, he was on a ticket. Boarding pass. And it was going to be their last Christmas together, but, uh, you know, Dean was more into it than Sam, and you get these great flashbacks that show, you know, their childhood and, and how two people who were at the same place at the same time in the same moment can have very different experiences of a situation and how that mm -hmm. affects us as we age, right? So, uh, one of the things I loved is is Dean makes these jokes about how you know, he talks about, like, the, the beer can wreath, and he's like, I bet I could go find one of those right now. Um, and the way that they that he talks about it in that episode, it just cracks me up because their version of Christmas is basically what Christmas looks like in my dad's house. Um, he was that guy. Like, he is the guy. Like, if you got him oil for... Like, I've bought him work boots and stuff that's just very, like... like you know the the man's practical. man yeah practical gifts things he can use for work he would that's just the kind of guy that he is um but he is also the kind of guy who 
you know, would not put a whole lot of thought into Christmas. In fact, the better Christmases that I've had with him since my parents divorced many years ago have been when he's dating someone who cares about Christmas because that's, (laughs) (laughs) that's how that goes. Um, And so it was just kind of funny because I could very easily see my brother and sister and I like so easily sitting next to a derpy ass tree in a paint bucket, like exchanging cheap shitty gifts and sipping on really horribly spiked eggnog. And, you know, it's just funny stuff like, and even that, so I don't know if you guys know this, but like fun fact, um, when, when Jensen takes a sip, or sorry, when Dean takes a sip of the eggnog, it's actually spiked. It was supposed to be virgin eggnog, and uh, Sam, aka Jared Padalecki, uh, punked him by ac- like putting a shitload of actual alcohol into that. So his reaction there was real. <laughs> I love that. Um, and it's just funny. And so, you know, I, everyone here knows I'm a horror fan. And, you know, Evan has been uh, collecting movies for us to watch on Christmas that will have some sort of spooky or horror vibe to them because it's just fun for us. Uh, and and so this show does such a good job of that because the the premise for the Monster of the Week in this one is the anti-Santa. And I love it because they start out being like, is it Krampus? And I was like, please let it be Krampus. <laughs> Um, it's not Krampus. It's not Krampus. And it ends up being these two pagan gods who, like, they're incorporating all these fun things. And uh, Sam misquotes facts about, like, the birth of Jesus, which I thought was funny. Um, and it's just, it's just a great, it's a great fun episode. And they end up being captured by these two gods. And uh, they inevitably, you know, get their way, they fight their way out by stabbing the gods with a Christmas tree. And, like... Mm-hmm. Come on. They're like just, posing as a like, you know, happy suburban married couple or something. From that, like the fifties. Like, like, yeah. like yes. if the, like they time warped from the fifties. Yeah. <laughs> it was fan friggantastic. Um just so many because I think it incorporates to like when you think of the holidays, right? Like that childhood vibe i feel like that nostalgia that that i have like, you know, you guys have talked a little bit tonight about that that kind of jaded feeling as you age for me looking back um i think there is that really wholesome put together picture that you have in your mind of what christmas is supposed to be and when you get to a point in adulthood where you don't necessarily have children um you know i'm sure as a parent it's still stressful to have christmas and do all the things for your kids i don't want to say it's not but it's i think it there's a little bit more joy there because you're creating this magic for your children and you know we're just it's just us like and all of the people in my family don't have young children right now that i can spoil and and make that christmas magic for them so you know we spoil our friends kids um we try we try (laughs) but it's just um i just felt like this this show kind of captured some of that jaded perspective that i have about christmas but also what it means to just make your own holiday um and that feeling of togetherness is really the most important part. And the rest of it is really just ritual. It's just 
following this trained behavior that we're told like this is how it's supposed to be but the most important thing is like are you with the people you want to be with on this day and that to me is the gift it's time because you can't get more of that and i feel like this episode did such a good job of reminding me at least as a viewer of that feeling because it's so limited for the two of them and it's very subtly done but it it does not go unnoticed um so yeah i just i love i love this show and i think you know it was the earlier writing and it's just so much more clever than it deserves to be and, and i'm not gonna <laughs> lie you surprised me because you were watching something else before that i'm like really this is gonna be a pick <laughs> had okay. to throw you off my trail you, did. You, th- you threw me off completely i did i was i was snooping around for some other episodes uh i was considering like a couple other shows and i did it's funny you guys are doing a parks and rec rewatch because the other episode i had in mind was a parks and rec episode uh because leslie nope is truly my hero nope (laughs) she's everything i'll never be i think one of the things that makes the supernatural christmas episodes so great is that there's only one of them Mm -hmm. like it wouldn't be like it would just make sense on that show for them to have a christmas episode every year right because it's not their life right but mm-hmm. the fact that they did one and this is the way they did it kind of really encapsulates like what's special about Christmas to them. And they yes. did it early too, which was yes. great. Yeah. Thankful for that. So. Yeah. And it's just like, it, it really just like it, it is, it's, it's time. It's time is that, that oh, that's just, the important part. Yeah. Like it's, and I think it's just, you know, that's the feeling that I have. Like, that's what I want. I just want time with my family, my friends, and it drove that home for me while also driving wooden stakes into <laughs> monsters' hearts. So, well done, honey. Well done. Thank you. Chris. Hey, how you doing? All right. Where are we going? Where are you taking us? Um, I mean, how many am I supposed to mention here? Like, how I've, are we doing do, this? You can mention as many as you want, but like, talk about one. All right. Uh, well. I mean, don't I think we actually that. talked about it earlier this year, so I, okay. I just want to mention Ted Lasso Carol of the Bells, season that, two, episode four, was phenomenal. That saves me um, from having to mention it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I came up with a whole list. Invaders in, most horrible Xmas ever, mm-hmm. uh, season two, episode seven, uh, you know, tuna is worth nothing. <laughs> just, just lots of... Lots of great quotes there. Uh, a classic from when I was a kid, which I haven't gone back to recently. I think we did on the show, though, a few years back, was Married with Children. You better yep. watch out. Season 2, episode 13, <laughs> yep. where Santa dies on the roof. It's a good time. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, I actually, Fraggle Rock, The Bells of Fraggle Rock, season 4, episode 1. Before you go any further, Angela was actually, when I said we're going to talk about Christmas episodes, about you know TV, she's like, oh, um... Married with Children. I went, I'm willing to bet that may be a Chris pick. <laughs> yeah, I actually backed off of that because I was like, shit, Chris is going to do it better. Uh, so, no, it, it's, uh, we, we, we covered it on the show ages yeah. ago. Um, we did just watch the other day. We watched uh, Futurama. Nice. Um, uh, Xmas Story, season two, episode 17, mm-hmm. uh, where John Goodman's playing robot Santa. And that was pretty, pretty funny stuff. Well, I like Futurama. It's a great yeah, show. It's a great show. Uh, Batman the Animated Series, Christmas with the Joker is a classic. Uh, I was pick. really into uh, Friend and Stimpy, Stun of, Son of Stimpy, where uh, Stimpy farts and then it's like confused by the fart and he goes to try to find the fart and names him <laughs> Stinky and it's a weird, 
It's a weird ass show, but I guess if I if I had to to pull something, I will uh, talk about. Uh, I mentioned that I'd watched a few weeks ago. I mentioned that I was watching all the Dragon Ball Z abridged uh, movies that they turned into Christmas episodes. Okay, and uh, the one that I just was rewatching a little bit before we got on tonight uh, oh, was the Dragon Ball. Oh God, what is it called? Uh, the the plot to eradicate Christmas, uh, which is. <laughs> Which is a uh, a play on and a really stupid movie that they did not that long ago that I I had never even seen. Uh, it called the plot to eradicate Saiyans or something. Okay, wait, it's, what? Okay, it's terrible. <laughs> it's but they turned it into like the main villain is this like funky looking dude with a beard. So they basically turned him into evil Santa for the show. <laughs> So, uh, you know, Goku and uh, everyone are just kind of around, and then, like, this mist starts attacking towns, and so they go to uh, fight them, uh, you know, find out what's going on with the mist, and, like, all these villains from previous movies showed up, like, Freeze's there, and Cooler's there, and Lord Slug, and uh, Turles, and, like... The movies don't really canonically make sense in Dragon Ball Z, so like having them all show up with Frieza, who was not a movie villain, was like kind of weird to begin with. But mm-hmm. all the most all those movies, they somehow tied into Christmas episodes through Dragon Ball Z abridged. <laughs> like they totally, there is no Christmas Dragon Ball Z episode, but they shoehorned this weird Christmas thing into all of them. Like they turned the movie Tree of Might into Christmas Tree of Might. Yes. Um, the Lord Slug one was hilarious because it's actually not a Christmas episode, but one of the things that Lord Slug does in the movie was he freezes the planet, and the way they play it in the episode is that Goku thinks it's Christmas because he froze the planet, and so he thinks that Lord Slug is there to steal Christmas, and so that's why he beats him up. It's pretty funny stuff, uh, but it you know it takes place in July, so like he shows up and they're all like, oh, we're the villains of Christmas past. And Lord Slug's like, I showed up in July. I'm just here for revenge. It's, just, it's super funny. It's very stupid, just like the movie it's based on. But it's uh, it's the kind of stupid that br- brings a, a, a warm, fuzzy smile to my heart. Because uh, I love Dragon Ball, and I love comedy, and I love Christmas. There you go. And uh, I've talked about a whole bunch of other Christmas stuff on this show before. So, uh, you know, it was it's... Uh, it's always fun for me to get to talk about Dragon Ball and and how much fun it is to watch that show and this Dragon Ball Z Bridge stuff, which I keep showing John little bits of it and like, all right, you know, a few curse words here. We'll just kind of fast forward this section and but uh, you know, scrub it <laughs> and we're back. The DBZ just... Bridge Christmas stuff is all pretty funny. Um, Lord Slug's probably my favorite one, but this plot to eradicate Saiyans just like. Man, way to way to way to turn this thing around. Like uh they they go down to fight the the mastermind behind the whole thing and like Goku's brain basically breaks when it's Santa who's who's uh the bad guy. He's like, I'm the one with the list here and you're all very naughty. Piccolo, you tried to destroy the world. Vegeta, there's not enough time in the day for, for all your stuff. And Goku, you 
put the your lust for battle has put the planet in danger countless times it's like oh when have i ever done that and then they show a quick ad for dragon ball super where that's literally the plot of an episode of the actual show uh and then gohan's like well, what about me he's like well actually you're on the good list like here have a present oh it's a book oh it's moby dick in french merci beaucoup <laughs> That's and then they have a big stupid fight it's great <laughs> great good good stuff so all these tv shows that you're recommending that you like that have holiday episodes are they actually things that you watch during the holiday i've watched most horrible xmas ever pretty much every year ted lasso was just this year uh, we yeah. watched it when it aired and then we watched it again the other night i haven't watched married with children since we covered it in the show i haven't watched fraggle rock in a, uh, since i watched it with the kids when they were younger uh futurama we just watched recently is the first time i had seen it since it aired i haven't watched um christmas with the joker in a while i really should and i also haven't watched son of stimpy in forever but uh christmas you know we so watched much. a bunch of stuff we watched the um uh crazy ex-girlfriend yes. episode which was pretty great uh, i'd seen that one before and i think that was what we went through that night we just kind of took turns watching a bunch of chris episodes, episodes but yeah like we think of christmas movies you know right. mm-hmm. watch die hard the other night and watch Muppet christmas carol and <laughs> i was i love you saw that post i'm pretty sure you guys liked it like make sure to leave out shoes and yeah cigarettes and twinkies for for john for john mcclain <laughs> um for what it's worth i would also recommend the west wing first season christmas episode it's called in excelsis deo and it's oh yeah we, we did 10. we talked about that yeah I remember yeah it's that. a good one it's a great episode all well, right i love that there's now a television list for us to reference and hopefully we can oh we've we've done christmas episodes on this show before i know I, but i don't just... know if, if it's one if like if you this is my first time so listen well, let me have this so for me as as i had said like um i wanted to make mention of ted uh because i love the fact that that shit that episode came out if i'm not mistaken it was like july ish right <laughs> like i felt yeah, like it was yeah. july august around then um but what i liked best about it is they modified the intro to make it rankin and bass yeah. rankin and bass esque and um i don't know if you know this but Apple TV released a short six days ago ish of a stop motion animation Ted Lazo the missing Christmas mustache episode. No, yes, so I did so hear cute. about this and then I completely forgot about Four it. Four and a oh half God. minutes long. It's fucking adorable. It's, Everybody it's comes on, back. It's um, on Plex. Please tell me it's on. Uh, Plex. No, you can YouTube. literally YouTube it right now. Like, it's, oh, it's, okay, yeah. Um, I that's how because I I saw that because I was looking up the Ted Lasso and I'm like hey this just came out I'm like oh shit that's great and it eventually will be on the Plex because I want to watch that over and over again there is <laughs> so the theory of the episode this is not what I'm talking about is Ted has lost his mustache and they go through a number of different modifications to help him because he's going to have a Skype with his son for Christmas and one of them features Roy Kent. And I'm not going to tell you what it is, but the payoff was fucking hysterical. And the concern about the mustache being missing is that his son, Henry, won't recognize him without his mustache. <laughs> ah. Oh, hey, here's a fun little uh, Ted Lasso bit for you. And I'm not going to tell you where. Okay. But the uh, the actor who does uh, Football is Life. Yes. Ted Lasso. Danny. Yeah. He's in Spider-Man. Ah, nice. <laughs> awesome. Nice. Just keep I your w- eyes peeled for that. Okay. I will watch for that. 
Nice. That's um, adorable. So I wanted to make mention of that. Um, one of my favorite Christmas episodes of television uh, is the Scrubs episode. Uh, it's season one, episode 11, my own personal mm. Jesus. That is That's a, a good heart, one. It's a heart wrencher. It's 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 an emotional episode of television. Is that uh, the ton of bricks one? No, no, I don't think so. That's the one where the the girl is like they're doing um like the urgent care, and the girl is pregnant, and she they end up doing a a um <laughs> like a, a yeah scene. that was that was Turk's story, right? It was part of Turk's story, yes. And then, like, wasn't was that the one with the old lady where you know she told JD that she was ready to die? No. And then, like, a delivery man comes in and says, "I have this <laughs> delivery for one ton of bricks for Jade." <laughs> no, that is not that episode. But oh, okay. I remember that episode. Yes. Can you sign for this ton of bricks, please? Thank you. <laughs> and then they all fall on his head. It's yes. Good, um, it's a good bit. But my pick or my my suggestion for the holiday season is um, Community. Season two, episode eleven, Abed's uncontrollable Christmas. I'm just gonna point out, it was a very solid pick. Okay, uh, I, you know what? I really want to hear you talk about this because we were talking about we were doing a night where we were looking through all these you know Christmas episodes, and I was kind of afraid to go back to Community because of the way Office worked out for me. It's like okay, so going back to Office was not good for me, and I rather liked Community when I watched it. So. I no. can't speak Tell for community of the show. All I could speak of was for this specific episode. Like, I can't remember if it's... Like, this is... They they rank and best it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all stop-motion animation. It's, Evan's got a theme tonight. Yeah, well, that's what... It, it snowballed. Um, and it turned... Sorry, it's it, late. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> Abed wakes up one morning, and they're animated. And he finds it weird, but he feels that he needs, like, the the reason he is animated is because he has to find the meaning of Christmas. And throughout the entirety of the episode, all of the characters are there. Um, They are trying to either help him or, I don't know, guide him in his, his quest to find the meaning of Christmas. And... Each one, each one of the characters, their their personalities are accentuated by the, I don't know, the costumes that they're wearing. Because Joel McHale is like a Joel in the box, he's a Jack in the box. Well, Abed assigns them each a look, essentially. Right. And yeah. and uh, uh, Britta is a robot because she's called an emotionless. Uh, Troy is a toy soldier because you know that's cool. Um, Annie is a ballerina because she's delicate and, and sensitive Shirley is um a baby a baby doll <laughs> so and Pierce is a teddy bear which was weird but still um the the way the show plays is be, it's it they're trying to make Abed realize that there is something wrong and he has to he has to face that so he can get out of this fantasy that he is in and the entirety of the time he is being coached uh, by Professor Ian, played by John Oliver, who is the magical Christmas wizard, who's finding that this is going to be a a, a good book for him in the future. But it's it's the the whole story comes to a head at the very end, where um, 
Abed fully realizes that he is in a fantasy because this is the first year he's not going to see his mom. His parents are divorced. Every December 9th, his mom comes and visits and they spend the day together watching cartoons. You know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and today was the 9th and he had a little break. Um, he snapped. But everybody was there to help him along the way to find that and be comfortable with the situation that is the holidays. And the 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 git of the episode, and I love that this line is, is actually in this episode, is that the meaning of Christmas is that Christmas has meaning, whatever it may be for you. You know, the getting to see family, spending time, gift giving, gift receiving, whatever it is, just make sure that this holiday has a meaning for you. And at the end he comes to the realization that like this is the world now and this is what he has to deal with and everything is okay and he understands now and he's a grown-up and his mother has moved on and you know she has started her life now because they're divorced and it's 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 a beautiful beautiful sentiment told via claymation and i love this episode my favorite part of this episode is the very end where it is <laughs> Abed and Troy sitting on their couch like they do at the end of just about every episode and they're still in claymation and Abed goes, whoa, I, I thought I thought we fixed this and Troy's like, no, 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 I, I did this and it's like, well, why? He goes, well, I realized that in these cartoons the food looks so good and I <laughs> wanted, it looks so delicious. Look at this cookie. It's the height of deliciousness and at the very end of this interaction they literally take their each other's heads and switch bodies and then they do their little Abed and Troy. Da, da, da. No, they go Troy and Abed in claymation. Boom. <laughs> it's adorable. It's like, it's a true heartwarming episode from a show that I don't know if, because there was some really, like Chevy Chase is not a good character, but in this episode, he's fine. Like he is, he is endearing at one point in time. Um, I'm just here for the cookies. Yeah, that's really, um, the, the one that came off the worst was Shirley because of her Jesusness. Like she's very heavily into the whole "this is Jesus's birthday" kind of thing. But she, it's it's really weird how she. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one here who understands the spirit of Christmas. Like, like shit like that. Um, but it's it's one of my favorites, and and I and I've watched this every year since, and I, I'm trying to look when it actually it's twelve to twelve years now. Like this will be the tenth. No, this will be the 11th year I've I've watched it because it's just one of those things that I love this claymation style. I love I I was such a fan of this show. So that is my pick. Good pick. I I do remember this being a a pretty nice episode and early enough in communities run that it, you know, yeah, would be safe to revisit. Yeah. And any any excuse to see John Oliver is, oh my god, John Oliver is so wonderful. <laughs> as soon as you said this, I was like, "Oh shit, this is the one where he's a wizard." Yeah, yeah. And then at the end of Warlock, end of don't Warlock. forget he goes bad. <laughs> so this is such a great episode. So, uh, there you have it. There are some picks for everybody out there to to watch during this holiday season, whatever holiday you may be celebrating and if you watch them let us know which one is your favorite or if you have any recommendations that should go on this list so that we can have a list 
Let's yeah, make I mean, this a know, thing. Let us know what you watch. I mean, there are the, the standards, the go-tos. I don't know if you count them as movies or you count them as television shows because I've only watched them on television, but mm-hmm. that's the, you know, the Frosty the Snowmen's, the the, the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the, the, mm. the Land of Misfit Toys, all of that line. I mean, those are those are just go without saying. Like, those Charlie should Brown be watched. Charlie Brown and Grinch. Charlie Brown. Yeah. yeah. So... And also, if you have any, uh, you know, specific traditions that you observe for the holidays, especially if they're non-traditional, share with us. I'm always curious to know how people celebrate or don't. Christmas horror movies. That's what we do. Yeah, man. (laughs) Cool, man. Uh, There it is. All right, Chris, you got a spiel for me? Uh, This week's episode is not filmed before a live studio audience, but it is fueled by feedback from listeners like you. And you can get in touch with us in a multitude of ways. We have an official Geekade Discord where there's an entire This Week's Episode channel dedicated to all things TV talk. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through the official Geekade channels or the more specific Twepcast accounts. And of course, the four of us can be found in various ways. I'm available on Twitter at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. You can read my work at StoneAgeGamer.com and in the pages of Nintendo Force Magazine. Karen, where can people find you? STM Stitches on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Etsy, and TikTok. Angie, where can people find you? Go to my website, AngelaFernot.com. And Evan, where can people find you? Geekade underscore Evan on all the socials. If you need to know more about the shows we discussed tonight or what we'll be watching in the future, have a look at our show notes. And if you have any other questions at all, we can always be reached at mail at geekade.com. Just include the words this week's episode in the subject line so we know who you're trying to reach. This show is available anywhere fine podcasts are sold, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and more. And whenever you decide to listen, please like, comment, subscribe, and leave reviews, because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, as always, keep your eyes on Geekade for more fresh, original content. Back to you, Evan. Thank you so much, Chris. Um, As a reminder, next week was your pick, Chris. Um, Sure was. The season, season one, right? Yeah, I don't even remember if Bebop was technically two seasons. So, but it's episode twelve and thirteen. Yeah, of Cowboy Bebop the anime. Uh, Yes, Yes, the animated one, Jupiter Jazz parts one and two. So there you go, people. There's a reminder on your homework. Um, and uh, hey, happy whatever. Enjoy the holidays. Holidays, Merry Merry New Year's, and geez. It's another year gone. Crikey. However you celebrate, we just hope you're happy. Yeah, I guess. And if you can't (laughs) be happy, at least have good TV. (laughs) There you go. There you go. All right. From all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. I'm Angie. To the jingle jail with the (laughs) non-believer. Good night. We did it. Woo! Merry Christmas to us. Wow. It's a Christmas miracle. And this concludes our broadcast day.